0: Howdy, folks. You have found the Backcountry and Barbells podcast yet again, episode 22 coming at you. Uh, before we get into the show content, show partners, our sponsors, um, check out Sendivet. Uh, Sendivet.org. Send-a.org. Uh, Sendivet is convicted, convicted, committed uh, to sending our nation's combat-injured warriors on various outdoor adventures to help them with life after combat guys check them out um it's a great mission great cause great stuff going on if you got spare change in your pocket time to donate or somebody who needs assistance um send them your way if you can't find send a vet at their website uh, go to our page backcountryandbarbells.com and we will get you in contact no matter what your inquiry is also guys uh PR Lifting, PR Lifting, they want to be your equipment provider if you are in the Pacific Northwest, guys, um, great gear, I mean, when you're talking about iron and steel and big rubber things that you want to throw around and lift and pull and and drag, it doesn't get any better than what they are providing at PR Lifting, so check them out, PRLifting.com, especially if you are between Everett and Portland. Guys, you are not going to find better shipping options, okay? Anthony and the gang will work with you, promise. Um, it's happened to me. It'll happen for you. Give him a call. Give him an email. Shoot me a text. Whatever it takes. Prlisting.com. Also, guys, our website, backcountrybarbells.com. Guys, in this episode, we talk about how to manage your low back. Well, you don't have to ask us personally. You can also... Just check out our base camp program, guys. It's right there on the homepage. Uh, if you want to swing, bell, squat, press, um, we give you the basics. We've put some great little programming options together, along with learning more about myself, Jeremy, and everything at Backcountry and Barbells. Uh, check it out, Backcountry and Barbells. Guys, today's show, um, we're getting into hunting season. Um, Many, many western states are kicked off. We start here in Washington this Friday coming up, September 7th. Cannot wait. Been calling, been shooting, been getting ready for the big pack out. Um, If you are in that boat and maybe have a tender low back, this is the perfect episode for you. Today we talk about how to mobilize it, how to strengthen it, and um, some lifestyle habits that can help you avoid tweaking it in the future. So, Check it out. Hopefully, it helps. And if it doesn't, if it does, no matter what it does, uh, let us know. Let us know how you can do better. Review the show. Head on over to your iTunes machine, however you're listening, and shoot us a review so we can help you in the future. But in the meantime, guys, hopefully this episode gets you training, hunting, and living the best life possible. Thank you for tuning in. Howdy, gang! Backcountry and barbells. Jeremy Day, Joe Shamanic. We are into not only Jeremy is it hunting season on us um some folks are already kicked off um but it's also uh back to school season
1: (laughs) yes sir Uh, i know
0: so i know you uh i know the the folks at saint nick uh kicked off um how'd day one go for you guys
1: it went good man titus got a new teacher this year so he's pretty stoked um new second grade teacher yep new second grade teacher she moved in here from wyoming three weeks ago oh very
0: cool very cool yeah
1: so um yeah he's all pumped he was a little you know anxious and excited at the same time heading out the door and he goes uh i don't (laughs) want to go well dude you gotta go (laughs) he's like no i'm just can we just stay home today i was like no and he goes okay but he was up at six o'clock he was already dressed very cool yeah um I Every day I battle for him to get his belt on, and he had his belt on. I mean, he was all squared away. Very cool. I know uh,
0: our kids start on Tuesday after the Labor Day break, um, but I actually had back-to-school day yesterday as well. I had my first day with my, my new middle school crew, um, which was cool to to walk them through. It's funny watching um, – talk about a anxious transition, um, just watching it for, for many years. It's that fifth grader turning into a sixth grader and then like uh-huh. dealing with the aspects of I'm in charge a little bit like when the bell rings I have to get myself to class um when the teacher gives me a paper I'm the one who really is responsible for getting it in so it's like the it's like watching all these little light bulbs go on like oh man this growing up thing is real you know? <laughs> yeah so so that's fun yeah. that's fun to deal with but we got a good crop of kids and um you know I know everybody's managing that uh what's the from a parent so i'm I'm obviously in a different situation because I go back to school too, but as a parent as a parent who's getting their kid um back to school, does that change your routine much?
1: yeah it it kind of frees things up because when I'm home, Titus is home, so you know there's a lot of interruptions when he's coming in here, and I feel in the afternoons, I feel like I gotta entertain him a little bit so um oh yeah and I can focus on <laughs> on work entirely, yeah, so he'll we'll go to the park or we'll go out and play soccer, jump on the trampoline or just dink around. And I mean, it's all great fun stuff. And I, I appreciate all the time that I get with them, but, um, I also have this darn job too. So that's right. Cause when you're not traveling,
0: which you do plenty of, uh-huh. you're, you're working from home, which is awesome. Exactly. Well, cool. We'll fire it up, man. Um, well, how, how do you guys manage your back to school life that'd be really cool to figure out any tips or tricks to keep people happy as they have to shuffle their kids to and from um, I might even know i'll tell you a, a real stinker for us dealing with it is uh our kids have this three-day window where they don't have coverage but well i'm back to work but they don't go back till tuesday so that's been a pretty big scramble but um oh yeah i, yeah, I bet lucky for us though um you know and we don't have family coverage here either, so we actually got the kids into some cool gymnastics camps where the kids um where the kids all do gymnastics. So they had some they had some last minute like all day camps there. So it's actually oh, been cool. yeah it's actually been fun for that. But um that was cool. And then we're also um we're also full swing. Speaking of soccer, um and I thought I, I did want to bring this up on the podcast. It's here on my show topics. Um. We're usually, um, my son's team is the DuPont Eagles okay? uh-huh. and I changed the name from Eagles, uh, and inspired by, um, the angry spike production guys whose videos are pretty rad. If you're, if you're thinking about Roosevelt hunting elk, uh, look into it. They have, they have some cool methods and some pretty cool videos. I mean, including, including calling a bull into five yards and taking a devastating frontal, um, so I've decided. Um, I didn't get permission from the league office, but I told all the parents. I was like, "I'm not calling your boys the Eagles. I'm calling your boys. You're the Dupont Spikes." You know. <laughs> I, I nice. figured. I figured it fit right. They're a little adolescent. You know, they're prepubescent psychos. So let's 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 put them. Let's put them in that situation. I didn't want to call them the Cavs, but I thought. I thought Spikes was cool, and the kids were into it. So um, Yeah, that is cool. And that's
1: the soccer team?
0: Yeah, so when I go at the soccer practice, I start I start every practice with a goal-scoring drill. And I just tell them, you know, like the first week was go score 100 goals. Uh, the second week was you have to score your 100 goals, 50 with the right foot, 50 with the left. And then this third week, it started off with a pass from the corner, and then a goal score, and, you know, right, left, all that stuff. So we're building as we go. But as they're going through, so I do that drill right off the beginning, and then when all the kids show up, I bring them up for the for the first, you know, to, for the live practice. But uh, um, rather than blow the whistle, I br- I blow the bugle tube.
1: <laughs>
0: Sweet, so it's fun. So while they're in practice, I have my tube with me, and I use it as the whistle, and um, it's fun. I gotta, I, I'm I'm getting a I'm getting a locator going, and um, shout out to past guests. Um, Jason Phelps, um you, you were there at SportCo where I picked up I picked up a couple calls. Um I gotta tell you, man, the green you know, everyone's talking about, you know, the pink versus the Maverick. I I'm down with the uh I like the purple and the green one. I'm not gonna lie to you. Uh they're they're awesome calls and um I'm able to get I'm able to get a um I'm able to get all the noises, but now it's just a, a matter of being consistent um with them. How, how's your calling, man?
1: It's good. I just practice every day I drive around without anybody in the car and just let everybody as you know any elk caller out there that practices in the car watch everybody around just stare at you and go what the
0: hell is he doing? Yeah I like to do it actually at stoplights at people. Yeah. (laughs) Which is fun but do you have your windows down or up while you're doing it?
1: Had my windows down yesterday and I was in downtown Gig Harbor. That was pretty good. Nice. Do you bring the tube with you? Um, I typically do, but I I didn't yesterday, so that's why I had the windows down because then it
0: isn't so damn loud. Nice. Now use the tube in the car, you know, while you're driving. I wouldn't recommend it, but pop that sucker out the window, see what looks you can get. I think you're you're okay to go there. Um, give give us a quick um, just a this isn't going to be about calling today, but obviously we're all getting geared up. Um, a, a quick a quick tip to initiate um the the that kind of that kind of growl at the top of a of a dominant bull's bugle that that throaty kind of start I mean how oh would, at,
1: at at the top or at the end at the top that kind of just that little hook huh,
0: that little uh, at the beginning and then when they get they get high pitched how, how do you how do, you, how, do you, how do you initiate that
1: so I go I kind of go I will go into the squeal and then I'll, and then I'll go back into the growl a little bit okay. So then your voice is already, your voice inflection is already almost there. Let's see if I can. So for you, it's a err. Yeah, I, I, I'll, here, I got a call. I'll see if I can do it. Okay.
0: Very nice. Very I'll nice.
1: exaggerate it this time. I'm trying to go soft, so that didn't sound very good. You don't to wake the kids up. I got everybody up. sleeping, and, it, and I don't want to do it in the microphone <laughs> super loud. So I'll exaggerate this one. Very cool. Well, it's, so
0: a that's cool all I, that's it's all I do. It's a fun noise to make. Um, people, I'm telling you, the kids get into it. Even my wife's team who practices right next to ours, all those little girls, she's got a, she's got a under six team. I got an under nine team. Um, they love it. Can you make that noise? What is that noise? Why? And that, then the best part is why do you make that noise? I'm like, well, I'm trying to, I'm trying to trick a, a big animal to come close to me. Why? And then I'm like, so I can kill it. And uh the kids are great, the parents are great about it, and um then why do you want to kill it? I was like, Well I want that meat. I wanna put I wanna remember it, I wanna put that trophy on my wall. You know what I mean? So um we're trying to expose the kids uh to this to this hunting game, to this hunting culture, um one kiddo at a time. I think we'll I think we'll bring a few in.
1: No, that's awesome. I'm glad you do it at school. There's not too many teachers that will do that.
0: Well, you know, for uh, for better or worse, I'm going to do things how I want to do them, <laughs> <laughs> um, and you know, and and you know, I I hope at the end it all comes out to more good than bad. We're working through that, so, but um, you know, the, I guess the big topic today, which you kind of inspired it a little bit, um, let's just talk. Give me, give us a rundown, Jeremy, of what's going on recently with your training i think that would be a good entry into the topic of the day
1: well so you know i've been training every day well six days a week um probably the best shape i've ever been in um strength wise and cardiovascularly and then um a week and a half ago i woke up with this severe pain well i didn't wake up i was driving down the road we were going on a road trip and all of a sudden I'm getting this sharp pain down the right side of my leg. And I mean, it was intense, and it was pretty intense for three or four days, and that's when I gave you a call, and I said, hey man, I've got this damn pain, and you kind of mentioned it might be a sciatic or a pinched nerve or whatever, so, you know, in gray shape, I didn't really change my routine or anything, I must have just tweaked something wrong. Um, The only one thing I could think of is that I was chopping wood, and I went back with the axe, and it smacked me in the back right there in that kind of location. Mm-hmm. But it obviously popped this disc out, and then so then I had to go. My training went to a halt. <clears throat> I could I did a l- little bit of upper body, but I couldn't do anything of intense. So here I am, two what was it two three weeks prior to the season, and I have a sciatic or a pinched nerve in my back. And man, that that pain was intense. Sure, And it it was like I couldn't get anything to, you know, I I was doing stretches all the time and um, I just couldn't get anything to relieve that pain until we talked and then I did a couple of your stretches and then that started doing good. And then my neighbor gave me a, a stretch and all of a sudden it just, I felt it pop right back in and man, I've been good ever since. It's been like three days now. So it was, it was for a week and a half.
0: Yeah, it's funny how the body can react to certain things. I, I remember a similar instance where we were road tripping for the first time when we moved to Hawaii. We road tripped from um, pretty much Texas up to Jersey and then across to um, California to catch a plane to um, Napa Valley, or excuse me, catch a plane to Hawaii from, from uh, man, where did we fly out of? It must have been Northern California because we went to Napa Valley, but... I remember on that trip I boogered my ankle up bad, and it was kind of like a weird sprain that that didn't swell up, and it was just a really weird sprain. Um, well, we we took a hike in uh, Missoula up to Mount Mount Saint Helens, which is a pretty cool peak, um, and we realized we were late on the way down to take our cat to a vet. Now, if you imagine taking a three week road trip with a cat, that's ridiculous. <laughs> um, but we love this cat and we had to take this, we had to take her to the vet this certain time cause we were flying in Hawaii to get this, um, rabies thing squared away. But on the run down, I wasn't thinking I kind of slipped into a hole and I, I popped my ankle, but then it was better after that. It was kind of a little manual, like a little manual, um, little manual uh manipulation right so it was pretty cool so it's neat how we can kind of slip into things and and naturally heal ourselves a bit I mean that happens uh that happens that happens quite a bit but uh you know it's also cool to run some maintenance or or to get some drill work in so uh so what was the um what was the manipulation that your uh your neighbor put you on I'd be interested
1: um, so put, so envision this, you're laying on your back, your feet, everything straight, and then you lift um, up one leg and then you keep it straight in a vertical position. And then you just roll and then just roll over all the way to the left for yep. a 10 count and then all the way to the right for a 10 count and then back and forth <clears throat> three times or so. And then do that for each leg. So the first round, when I first did it, I, I held it for 30 seconds, but at about 20, 25 seconds, that's when it popped right back in and it was. So that's
0: similar. That's similar to that kind of, um, uh, bretzel stretch. Yep, exactly. Yeah. So the, the bretzel stretch, which is, um, an interesting, um, an interesting thing is where you kind of lay on your back and get all twisted (laughs) up, um, my buddy Danny, who I used to do a podcast with, called Doc and Jock. Um, we can throw that up there. Uh, but the pretzel is a great one, you know. And I think what's a good one about that is, you know, you rarely are we twisted up like that. If that means. no, but it's super important to do that. So that would be like if you can imagine like transverse plane movements, where you're, where you're actually twisting, where you're actually swinging a golf club. Um where you're actually maybe like um a field goal kicker in football is going to kind of torque his hips a bit. You know, baseball swings, you know, that that trans transverse plane is where power lives and you know, the interesting thing about that, you know, if you know, here's what here's what I'm thinking, Jeremy. You know, what were you doing a few weeks before not even a few weeks before, but even a few days before you pulled your, before you pulled your back out, you were in the woods with us, and you were you were chopping a hell of a lot of wood.
1: You know what I mean? Yeah, so- yeah, and I think it was a multitude of things. Yeah. Because the day before, so Thursday, I did I chopped wood. Friday morning, I did a heavy leg day. Yep. Yeah. And then. On the drive, two hours later, I'm sitting in the car for six hours, and that's when it occurred. Yeah,
0: no, and that's right. So you were you were probably in a you were probably in a state, a uh, fatigue state from a lot of training, a lot of work, and then then you cram yourself into just an awkward situation <laughs> of sitting, which is against some of what you were doing. So you exactly, know, you know, generally, generally what happens is when these little things kind of pop up is it's not the exact moment that causes the injury it's that fatigued state um and then a bad position I mean for me some of the worst moments I've had with my low back that we've kind of discussed on the show haven't been when I've fatigued it to cause the injury it's been when I've like you know you bend over awkwardly to pick up a penny or you 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 kind of squat and reach into the oven to grab a plate of bacon or you know you, you go to pick your kids up out of the um you know, out of the tub, you know, weird things like that, where you're like, oh man, I can't believe that happened. But it usually will come down to what was going on before. So I'm just in my head thinking, man, you know, we were hiking a bunch, you're swinging that axe a bunch, uh, you know, getting ready for this a bunch. And then maybe it probably wasn't so much the actual training as much as maybe, you know, you were just kind of, in this fatigue state, you're kind of challenging positions with exercise and intensity, and then all of a sudden, you have this lengthy period where you're sitting in a pretty nasty position. So it all all kind of bundled up into um, what will end up turning into a scary moment for you right before
1: uh, elk, elk season, right? Which is what <laughs> nobody was... wants.
0: No one wants their back going in. Some pain
1: hurts. oh dude i was like so bummed i was pretty pissed off for about a week and a half <clears throat> i believe it. And then, but you, you know you're right it, my back was feeling kind of you know sore and everything it, leading up to that day anyway i mean i, I could feel it in my in the middle of my back and i think it's I I stretched after every leg day Um, anytime I run I anytime I do any kind of leg movements I always stretch but I didn't do stretches that really opened up those muscles in the lower back like that and I think that's the big thing is that I'm strengthening all these muscles they're 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 a little more tense than they used to be and then now I added this the sitting and and not stretching so because once I started this stretching routine the last week and a half it's just been unbelievable on my flexibility as far as you know my pivot to the left or to the right like shift swing in my body
0: yeah like a then again that's too it's important no matter how much you're training your body ends up adapting to what you do most so i mean you can compound you know even in this instance where you know you're working pretty hard and you're still pretty active but then all of a sudden it's negated by a six hour ride in a car, you know what I mean? And then that happens to everybody. So I think, a, I think a cool thing might be to work on, you know, we're all going to be stuck in that situation. So you have to have like a lifestyle habit with that combats that. So, um, I think there are some things you can do in the car. Um, but you know, if you are on like a long car ride, you know, especially for those of us who aren't hunting close to home, right? I mean, we're pretty fortunate this year. We're pretty close, but it's, it's still some length in the car and some, and some folks are going further than us. So it might be cool to, to, to roll through, you know, rather than just blowing your bugle tube while you're taking a ride, some things you can do before after and during a car ride to kind of preserve your low back.
1: Oh, anyway, what what would those be? I'm interested now. Well, a couple <laughs> things that you could do. I mean,
0: uh, you know, even, the, even how you posture up in your car, I think, could be helpful. So I think there's a couple of things you might do. I mean, I'll take my seat sometimes all the way back to where it's furthest away from the car. So I'll do two separate things. I'll take my seat where it's furthest away from the car. Um, and this one's kind of tough with the seat belt, but you manage it. So when you're like at a stoplight, what you can then do is inch to the end of your seat and just kind of posture up like you're sitting on the end of a chair. You know mm-hmm. that that that's going to put you in kind of a neutral spine sitting position, which is better, rather than kind of lounging back um, and, and kind of putting some pressure on your your lower lumbar. Then the other one is you bring your seat as close as you can up to it, and then you bring your seat as upright as you can. And I actually pulled this one from a guy named uh, Kelly Starrett who runs an outfit called Mobility Wide, but the, he recommends this one for folks who are riding on airplanes a lot. Um, you you want to prop the seat up. As vertical as possible, as close as possible, and then you pull your lower strap of your seat belt as tight as possible. That was going to kind of wedge you into your seat to kind of give you that that to force you into that kind of neutral spine position. So two two kind of opposite things, but both that that work. And one is forcing you to do the work to maintain neutral spine. The other one is using the seat and the seat belt to kind of force you into it. And then I might say the last one it's something and you might have done this on an airplane but sometimes when you're in a pinch you got to like have the uh I'll ball up a I'll ball up a pillow or I have um what I think everybody should have is kind of a peanut where I've got two little cross balls electrical tape together and when I do that second one when I'm um using the seat belt to kind of manipulate my low back I'll jam uh put that um I put that uh, peanut at different spots on my back just to kind of massage it as I am driving. If that makes sense, just to do mm, something. Yeah. So those are some things that I do while I am in the car um, to you know, and mainly it comes down to just trying to sit with the best posture you can in that situation,
1: right? And I always have the seat up. I mean, as far forward as possible. As I mean, the back mm-hmm. right, so that I am I am vertical. But I do find myself so you get lackadaisical as you are driving, right? Oh, yeah, we
0: know. It's it's not perfect. And that's what I think with the – that's what's cool about even if you have the seat belt or the peanut reminder. It's just a reminder, oh, you know, I have shitty posture. I'm going to fix it. You know what I mean? So Right. <laughs> and sometimes that's what we need, right? I mean some of the best apps – you know, sometimes it's cool to just like okay, a really cool app on your phone is something that's going to remind you how long you've been looking at it. Okay, so or you can even have some fitness apps that will, well, hey, you've been sedentary for twenty minutes. Stand up. You know, sometimes you just need a reminder that you have crap posture. You know what I mean? So, um, I like some of that. And to be honest, you know, um, sometimes the seat belts aren't really helpful to do that. So again, with that that other one, I'll put that seat belt behind me when and when I'm not going, you know, seatbelt police, don't bark at me too much here. But, um, you know, just having that strap come across your waist is nice sometimes to just help with that, and you can roll that other one behind you there. But, uh, yeah, a couple things while you're in the car. Um, But I would also say lifestyle-wise, too. I mean, you can prepare your lower back for uh, the road trip as well. I mean, do some work before you get into the car because you really are putting your back through hell if you are doing a six hour drive. So, you know, and then you imagine what you're doing before that drive, you're packing the car, you're rushing out, you're moving here, you're doing that, you're kind of forgetting things. And all of a sudden you're, again, you place yourself in this precarious position in the car. So, you know, beforehand, if you take 20 minutes and roll through some stretches that you know are helpful to you, um, that's something you could do. Yeah, that's a great idea. You know what I mean? So, um, and and be preventative with it. You know, a lot of times we wait for these things to, um, we wait for these things to happen and then we react to them. Um, but I, I think the better route is to, and again, I know we can, we, again, we don't have to be as much as we all would like to be, we don't have to be a CrossFit games athlete. We don't have to be, uh, we don't have to be Cameron Haynes, but, it would be cool to have a consistent movement practice, if for any reason, so you can identify um, little weaknesses that that you can proactively attack.
1: Yeah, and that and that's where I've kind of failed, I think, is I haven't taken those little preventative things because I have a yoga ball that I sit on at work in my home office, and you know, I I try to do my posture good, but you know, really, it was I think proper stretching after a workout
0: well and then too, just listen to your body there yeah afterwards and say okay well what because here's the other tendency when folks are training especially with you know um, I'll ignore it and it'll go away you know well you know the little pain triggers that you're getting are areas or signs that maybe you should spend a moment on you know what I mean that's why it, it I think the longer you train and the longer you talk to people, um, the longer you actually take good advice, you end up building a, you know, just like just like your um just like your maintenance kit for your bow or or the gear in your pack. Like you end up figuring out what you like, and you end up figuring out what works. So the longer you do it, the process gets pretty streamlined. Like for you, you know, it's just you know you've gathered a few transverse plane base stretches that you probably like now and one might be better than the other. You know what I mean? And and now rather than waiting for your back to scare to scare you before L camp, you know, if 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 you hammered away at some of that stuff before and after your workout or before and after a long road trip, you can probably be proactive about not letting your back get hurt, not reacting to a back injury.
1: Yeah, exactly. And that I mean now I'm just adopting just I have to stretch my back every morning. Yeah. or sometime throughout the day, you know, maybe it's not first thing in the morning when I wake up, but it's gonna happen sometime during the day where I'm gonna stretch my back just, and I'm not a flexible guy anyway, and so it's just good to get that flexibility. I remember when I was taking a lot of my wife's yoga classes, man, I my body felt so good, so in line, so in tune, and and being that I'm always sitting down on planes or in my car or even here at the home office, you know, your body does quirky things. I've noticed that my hips, the um, my left side of the hip is kind of just is straight, and my back one, my right one, is kind of fallen back a little bit is what I noticed. So that stretching feels like it's realigning all that stuff. Sure. So, uh, yeah, I just have to, you know, adopt it for the rest of my life to, to um, stretch. And as we get older, it gets worse, right? You get less flexible. You get less... Um, agile, no. It, the word, well, right
0: I mean, I don't know if it's as you get older, um, as much as it's just as you, as you stop doing stuff. I mean, generally the stuff that balls up and gets tight generally revolves around the stuff that we forget and stop to do i mean these things yeah these things generally don't happen by accident they happen out of ignorance where you just like oh and it's really easy because you're busy you know it's not it's not it's not anyone's fault but you can imagine just even through our conversation and the folks who <laughs> listen to the show aren't so different kids back and forth from school job you like to do wife you like to hang out with um you know bunch of crap you got to do right and then throw elk season on top of that like it's not it's not a matter of again it's 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 just things fall by the wayside so it's cool to have like a checklist and and for me that's why it's so important whatever you have as a movement practice whether it's yoga badminton uh archery you know weightlifting jujitsu i mean you can be as intense or as as um golf whatever it is, but if you really pay attention to a movement practice that you're into, um, though it's going to give you hints or clues. Like even you, I think you mentioned in this, like you were feeling little things in your upper back. Right. So, Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. So th- there's hints, your body lays them to you. It's a matter of, okay, what does that mean? You know, you know, and, and I think too, the other lesson in, in your story is, um, I think a good one for anybody who's training for a priority event and, um, it's there's a window of adaptation where you're going to do things that are going to elicit gains and and better performance for the event and then there's a window where you're it's a maintenance window where the work's in you know what I mean i you know out two weeks out from elk camp you should really be trying to simulate the conditions not not to not to elicit a a positive adaptation because you're not going to get it in that time window, but you should be training to, um, keep the body acclimated to what's going to happen. So there's no surprises, right? You don't want to be sore yeah. from hiking in elk camp. So you should be training with that in mind. So you probably want to start dialing stuff back gang, because man, if you're, if you're overreaching right there at the end of the finish line, going into camp, the tendency like you experience, is to, to get hurt.
1: Well, yeah, and what sucks is I, you know, that was my three-week mark that I was going to start doing, um, you know, heavier packs, longer distance, more and more of, and then kind of do high reps, high intensity stuff, and then I throw my back out, and I couldn't, I mean, I couldn't pack my forty pounds, I couldn't do that, so I just lost a week and a half. So I did that yesterday. I went for a six-mile hike with the forty pounds on. And <clears throat> my neck muscles, all this stuff is sore. So I'm going mm. in a week and a half. And I'm, I am and I woke up this morning, I was like, damn, man. I hope I'm not sore. My sh- neck and sh- shoulders are sore all week. And then I was also thinking, well, thank goodness I popped that back in. Mm. So that I could get that out. Because, you know, you kind of get this weird headache. You get all, all these things from that weight pulling on your shoulders. So fortunately, I popped it back in but for those guys that you know that don't do that it's it's going to be a lot harder when you get out in the woods no that's right so but then
0: yeah, but to it that's where i'm saying it would also be really cool that that big loaded carry should probably come it's it sh- you don't want it to be long where again it's going to over fatigue you for it so again You know, for me, what I kind of look at is depending on how our training is. I'll have a three-week window where I'll work backwards from the event and say, "Well, the work is in, so I'm not going to do anything that's going to overstimulate me and and cause me to go into the event in a fatigued state." Um, Even with that kind of Ragnar that trail run I just did, which was really awesome, you know, from from about the three-week window. I didn't do a lot of new stuff or a lot of stuff that would be harder than anything I had already done leading up to training. Like the hard work was already in. So now it was kind of just cruising to the finish. Um, And and, and that, that that's, I think the mindset that three week going in, you should be cruising Uh and, and try to build your, try to build your high intensity up within that three week or excuse me, before that three week window. And I picked that up from, a book. Uh this uh fellow Louis Simmons runs stuff uh, uh pretty elite powerlifting training um West Side Barbell out of um out of Columbus, Ohio. But um he's got a cool book and, and he runs things with his guys in three week kind of three week training cycles and what they end up doing or they used to, at least in this book, I mean I'm sure things have adapted since, but um one of his methods that he discusses in the books where if his if his team or his guy or anybody he's training had an elite level competition coming up, he would max them out three weeks before the test, uh, before the event. And then he found that over that three-week period that there was good compensation. Now, some of these guys are pretty elite performers, and depending on your level of training, give or take a week or two, that that could work. Um, but it's something to test, you know what I mean? It's something to try. And, um, I, I think the other thing that you need to do, if you are going to begin to tinker with this, with a thoughtful approach is just to record it. And that's where like journaling and keeping track of stuff can be really helpful.
1: Oh, that's a good idea.
0: Yeah. Um, so, so a couple other things. Uh, so we got you, we got you motivated to maybe, um, be, be helpful, uh, to yourself before and out of getting into the car and, and doing some exercises but uh I th- I think there's some other things you can do besides just stretching um Jeremy have you been tinkering with any uh again what I like a lot for stuff like this is uh kettlebells and I know we had a buddy we had a buddy of ours he sent me a text message um uh what are single what 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 do what do single arm swings do for you? He asks me and, um, I'm like, uh, they make you awesome. <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> and, and
0: where a single arm swing might be really helpful to someone like you or me or, or why I do them is like, because you're only holding the bell on one side, it, it's just in order to maintain balance, your body has to compensate different. And there's been some cool research by a guy named uh, Stuart McGill to show that, you know, single arm carries, single arm swings, and single arm exercise variations, because of what your trunk has to do to compensate on one side for the load being on the other, you're just going to get a different level of trunk or core activation, whatever you want to call it. So um, I would say in terms of strengthening exercises, I like barbells quite a bit, but um, I really also implement a good bit of single-sided or single-loaded kettlebell or dumbbell work, whether that's carries, swings, presses, um, that sort is really going to go a long way to just making your your trunk react in kind of a non-targeted way. So it your body itself will kind of fill in the gaps that may cause a freak injury down the line.
1: Yeah, I've been implementing those in my workout in the last month and you know, you look at it and you're like, oh man, how does that wear you out? I did about 20 of those, I don't know what you call them, but where you swing it up in front of you and then in between your legs. What do you call that? Just a
0: yeah, kettlebell swing.
1: I mean, a you, kettlebell were swing. Were you holding it with both arms or just one? I was holding it with both arms. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah. I did about 20 and I was like, oh shit. This is a workout, man. Yeah. <laughs> I was actually pretty surprised, but I like I liked how it felt in my um, lower, lower back. And then um, just the movement just felt really natural, I guess, is what I'm looking for.
0: Yeah, and so what, what, what that one ends up teaching you. And so imagine doing that same one, but you're going to load it all, just with one arm right and start that one lighter uh but then you're going to again as you're going through that you're going to be moving faster so you know if your stretches and some other drills you you might load this thing up and we're kind of getting ahead of ourselves because before you go with the resistance work and going fast and violent with a kettlebell swing you probably want to start slow and steady so i might even say before you get into kettlebell swings if you haven't done any kind of single arm variations. Um, it would be cool to just grab that kettlebell and pick it up just on one side. you know if you put it on your if you put the kettlebell on your right leg outside your right arm, go to pick it up, switch hands, put it down on your left, pick it up with your left, rotate it, put it down on your right something like that would work or you could do your set of 10 um, or eight to 12 all on the right. Um again, you can roll through some lunges with some single sided loaded loaded stuff just to get your body compensated but you know kettlebell kettlebell swings can be cool uh just make sure that you're you're tensing up beforehand so and and you and you're you're keeping your body tight as you're rolling through that that hard swing um but they're great they're great exercises um and super helpful you know so uh and again, what you can do with a kettlebell. In, pretty, in a pretty short set, which is for anywhere from 10 to 20, depending on how proficient you can get with swinging it, you, you can get some hard work in pretty quick. Um, how were you organizing your sets and reps when you swung that bell? Just Was it random or did you have a thought?
1: No, so I, I just kind of did a routine. I, I ran on the treadmill for 10 minutes. I jumped off. I did, I don't know, 40 push-ups, did the kettlebell swing, and then, oh man, I did something else, and then i and then I went over and did my um did my abs, cool, and then I did that three times, just so I kinda incorporated it with those all those movements,
0: yeah, and I would just I would end up telling folks to watch themselves incorporating too many stuff that they don't know what they're doing um but went in with things, so again, if some of this sounds foreign, um maybe just spend some time doing. Um, some kettlebell swing work and I actually have some videos um, that we can throw up in the links and I'll pull them up on YouTube which actually rolls you through exactly how to initiate that swing so you can kind of tighten up and be happy Um, which is important because you know it's it's not just as easy (laughs) as picking it up and swinging it between your legs I mean there's some things you can do just to organize your trunk um, beforehand uh, that are going to be advantageous for the swing to come later because the the thing is no matter what your resistance training whether it's a barbell back squat um, heck even carrying your heavy pack or swinging a kettlebell where where we can get really injured with our lower back is if if you're what ends up happening is if your spine changes shape while you're in the middle of that movement right that's no bueno um, and that's you know that's generally what happens? I mean, even when you're picking that penny up off the ground, you know, you're going to reach through it. You're in a movement and something kind of slips funny and there you go. So I really like, I really like ab or trunk or core movements that, um, force your outer extremities to kind of do stuff while you're doing whatever you can to, um, keep your spine straight. And that, that's why my favorite, my favorite, I have, I have two kind of progressions. I like, um, I have a, a hollow progression where if you can imagine you're laying on your back and you're using your back, you're using the floor to help you initiate that neutral spine. And then with that hollow position, you're going through some some rolling and um, seated stuff while you're keeping your back straight. But then the other one is a Superman progression where you'll lay on your belly and then you'll kind of arch up a bit. So those are some things that I like to do. And that, that Superman one actually works up into, I think an exercise folks should be working into, which is kind of, which is called a bird dog. Have you ever heard of this bird dog?
1: Um, you know, I've heard of it, but I can't envision it.
0: Yeah. So what, what I might suggest too is if you can imagine putting yourself in a quadruped position, which is knees on the ground, hands on the ground, neutral spine as possible. And then all you're going to do is if, uh, you take your right arm, extend it straight out. So your bi- oh, okay. your, your biceps behind your ear. Um, and then you'll take your left leg and extend that straight out. Um, so it's kind of like exactly like your old bird dog would be pointing. You know, like he's like, what's he, busting pheasant or looking for chucker, right? Isn't, isn't Yeah, it- chucker. Yeah. So, you know, you know how that dog kind of points? Uh, uh-huh. You end up doing the same thing with your body. So we'll link that in there. But, you know, that's a really good one. If you do that low and slow, you can kind of engage the trunk and you can kind of sort out how to get that neutral spine position that you developed laying on your back or sitting in your car seat to then now doing it in a place where it's not braced and you have to do the bracing. So, so that's another good one, which would be um, a pretty cool trunk exercise to, to kind of throw into your, your repertoire.
1: Yeah, no, I remember doing this one. My wife used to teach a core class and she did this one a lot. Yep. And and if you get if you get
0: jazzy with it, you can you can end up um, actually I'll link a cool video. I did one where uh, I am actually looking at it now, where you put a band. So imagine you put a band on your thumb or you're just holding it on your left arm, and then you connect that band to your foot on your on your right, then you can use this little band to give you just a little bit of resistance. Some folks will do this with um, with, with some plates maybe, really light plates. That's a fun thing to do, but um, yeah, you can, you can roll through that and um, begin to strengthen that lower back um, with some lower level stuff before or after you get out of that car as well.
1: Yeah, that is good stuff, man.
0: Let me throw that one to you, right now, Jeremy. Because we have all this technology in front of us, but yeah, you know, I, I think <laughs> yeah. the important thing is to just be proactive about the back. I mean, and and if I'm going to kind of put a bow on what we've chatted about here over the last 40 minutes, it's like, you know, the the recipe for success isn't perfect, and you're not going to get it perfect, so just don't beat yourself up. But y- you need you need to fold. Good lifestyle practices in that are going to support the movements and habits and and hobbies that you want to do, um, and it's really cool to have some body weight kind of mobility exercises that are going to support it. And to be perfectly honest, in terms of the mobility, I would focus on some transverse plane stuff where you are kind of twisty, um, you know. Because how many folks have you seen who get hurt? You know, they pick up their old sport or. Generally, too, maybe you're in a fatigue state, but the other state you're in is you're just super deconditioned. But then you, you wake up some old demons and start swinging that golf club around. You know what I mean? Like, like you got three hundred yard drive in you. You know you, you know before before you're going <laughs> yeah. three hundred, why don't you you know loosen it up? You know what I mean? So I, I love that that those kind of transverse plane stretches, and then I guess the last thing is, um, you know, the single sided the single sided loaded resistance training. I think, um, we can link what some of that looks like, but, um, in the show notes. But I mean, I think if you do those three things and then just listen to your body, uh, you can really be proactive about avoiding, um, you know, a three week low back layoff. Cause generally that's what ends up happening.
1: Right. And, uh, and it's scary when it does, man.
0: Well, we don't want any, um, you know you're the lead caller. You have to come to elk camp, so um, don't don't be don't ruin everybody's week,
1: Jeremy. I know. Uh, I thought I was gonna. I told my wife. I go, man. I might have to sit up in a damn tree stand this whole week, which would kill me. That would suck.
0: But uh, and then call us when
1: you get the animal down.
0: We'll do that. Uh, yeah. But well, um. Well, no, man. It, it should was... be. It should be a fun week. It's it's right upon us. Um, elk camp and um. Uh, I can't wait for it and even coming. I think, I think it would be tough. You know, some seasons have started. You, you showed us a picture. Um, was that uncle Bill
1: who put, put it? Yeah, uncle Bill got a nice, nice, big old body bull down. Where'd he pull that one out of somewhere in Oregon? Yeah, I was in Oregon on the coast.
0: Oregon's, Oregon's <laughs> kicking off. Um, is anyone else kicked off for elk?
1: Yeah. Um, Colorado, Utah, Wyoming, I think, and Montana. I Very. think we're the last. Okay, well we're on the, we're still on the
0: bench. Um but uh we we kick off here September seventh. So hopefully you guys hunting locally. Uh we wish y'all wish we wish y'all luck. Um the more hunters that have success, I think the better. So um you know, uh choose wisely and, and get it done. Uh Jeremy, is there uh, is there anything at the the tail end of this episode that grabbed you good that, that you thought some good advice that folks could uh could um
1: could utilize right away well yeah just the the sitting posture in the car that that was good stuff there and then also um you know kind of stretching out before you jump in a long car ride and kind of do some movements that activate or loosen that stuff up yeah in your
0: lower back it sucks it sucks being a human and an adult right? Usually, oh, yeah. usually have people like pointing at you and telling you what to do, but you know, every now and then you got to wake up and do it yourself. So, um, yeah, <laughs> folks be proactive about what you're doing, man. You know, make sure your lifestyle habits are supporting what you want to do and, um, make sure you're being proactive in your, your, your struggles here against, uh, against mediocrity, right? Me, it's generally mediocrity and convenience when those things start to slip into our lives. Um, that's where, you know, that's where, you know, little, little tweaks come in and um listen i'm as i'm as guilty as anybody you know when when the when school starts and you know we got soccer practice and getting the kids here and getting there it's really easy when that buzzer goes off at five in the morning to ignore it and just roll over and for uh convenience and out of laziness you just roll over and hit the snooze button but um i think when we can be consistent about good training habits whenever you can get them um you know that's that's where we can really avoid injury. It's not a it's not really a magic bullet or exercise as much as it's you deciding that, you know I'm j- I'm just
1: going to be healthier today. And it's easy to do. It just takes the will I to know. do
0: it. I know. Well, cool, folks. Uh, hopefully, you like some of these ideas. We'll we'll have some we'll have some exercises linked into the show notes um, to help you guys out. You know, we we threw some exercises at you, but you could see them if you click into them. The other thing y'all can do, um, if you're enjoying the show, you can uh, uh, give us a nice review. Uh, tap that furthest star on the right. That's the fifth star. Uh, that would be the best one. And then any any words you can toss along. Um, our way to let us know we're doing uh doing this the right way would be awesome too um but until the next one guys um, i'm joe shamanic asking you to train hunt and live and jeremy day um any any words to sign this show off
1: god bless america baby
0: god bless it and go get it we'll see you guys go get it thank you (laughs) all right fun show to record always helpful to discuss the low back if you got one you've heard it hopefully we've given you enough tips and tricks to tune it up strengthen it up and get you moving guys um as a favor to us check out our show sponsors pr lifting check out send and also guys check out our website backcountrybarbells.com until the next one gang train hunt and live the best
1: life possible